You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning, everyone. Here at Oakmont, and I say that because there are some who are going to be listening by podcast, and I want to welcome you as well. And for those who are guests or maybe have never attended the church here, we welcome you and we are glad that you are joining with us or listening to us. Um, I always think about when I get up to, to speak, I need to warm the crowd up a little bit somehow because it makes me a little bit more comfortable, okay, get the nerves gone, so I got to say the first joke or something like that. Well, I couldn't come up with anything uh, that I thought was funny this morning, so um, I figured that I would let you in on a little bit of, uh, I'll, I'll be vulnerable here, I'll let you in on a little bit of uh, background to that video that you just watched in which I was the star <clears throat> um, of that video. Uh, I'll tell you this, I cannot stand making those videos because I am horrible in front of the video camera. And poor Jeremy back there, Jeremy, wave everybody there, you're hiding behind the, okay, our video producer. Poor Jeremy had to sit there, and I kid you not, this, this, this video is what, two minutes? Two minute video. He sat there for an hour this week while I fumbled and fumbled over my words and punch myself in the head or whatever because I was just doing horrible at that video. So, um, man, what a process. But all that to say, what I said was genuine. I'm very excited about Serve the Berg. And uh, it's coming up at the end of May, like you heard, and we're going to be talking about that in in, uh, just a few moments this morning. But I want to invite you to turn into your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 10. If you have our Riverside app, you can open that up and our notes will be in there. Just click on the live tab. Um, And today you're getting the final installment of a three-part series that we've been in called The Reach. And I want to invite you to share your thoughts or your reflections on social media like Facebook or Twitter. And if you care about things like this, we use the hashtag uh, The Reach Series RCC. Okay, how many Twitter people out there that uses hashtags? One. One person. Okay. Anybody over here? Twitter? One. One plus one. Two people in this room are using Twitter. Okay, that's great. All right. So two weeks ago, we talked about loving God and loving others. And then last week, we learned a lot about being generous givers of our resources. Today, as we finish this series, I want to talk about measuring the success of our lives by the standard of serving. Now, as a kid, there was just one question that reoccurred throughout my childhood. If I had to say there was one, it was this. What do you want to be when you grow up? Right? And uh, so I'll just give you some insight on some of the answers that I had. And this is to the best of my recollection, which is my memory is fading these, you know, 39 years old this year. Okay. So that's a long time ago that I was a kid. And uh, I remember when I was really young that I said I wanted to be an astronomer. Okay. And then I think at some point I wanted to be a teacher. I would uh, take my graded papers and I would act like I was grading them and just, I don't know, weird stuff. Um, And then I wanted to be a rock star, go figure. Uh, Then I wanted to be a police officer, believe it or not, followed by a game warden because I love to hunt. And uh, then I wanted to be a business executive because my dad talked me out of being a police officer because he said it was too dangerous. 
And, uh, well, eventually and obviously, I chose to uh, enter the full-time ministry, because that's why I'm standing here today. So, what about you? What did you want to be when you were growing up? I'll give you a count of three, and you can say it out loud. Ready? One, two, three. I did hear a policeman. That's about all I heard. Let's just do that one more time. I don't think, I think ten of you spoke up there. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three, and then whenever I say three, you tell me what you wanted to be when you were young, what you wanted to be when you grew up. Okay, ready? One, two, three. I did not understand anything there, but that's okay. So then we grow up, right? And so I grew up. I put a few years under my belt. Like I said, I'm the ripe old age of 39 this year. And uh, so my question turns from what do I want to be when I grow up to what legacy do I want to leave behind when I go on to the next thing, okay? Um, And uh, have you asked yourself this question yet about your life? What legacy do I want to leave behind when I go to that next life? So how many of us actually did grow up to accomplish what we set out to. How many of us grew up to be astronauts, you know, and, or farmers or garbage collectors or whatever it is that we wanted to be when we grow up? Because, you know, you, you, you interview kids on the street, and I, I often ask kids this all the time, like when we uh, have kids club, what do you want to be when you grow up? And just the answers are, are awesome. Um, one person that is a relative of mine said that they want to work at Legoland. That's what they said whenever they were younger. And um, so their parents said, oh, you want to be like in charge of Legoland? No, no, I want to work in this room right here and give Legos to people so they can put stuff together. Oh, okay, that's nice. Um, so how many of us actually did accomplish that, right? We, we grew up to be what we thought we would be, a few of us, more than, than what we have on Twitter, right? So we got like 10 people in here. Um, so good job, congratulations. And how many of us uh, didn't really have to work hard or go through tough times to build that legacy that we are trying to build, right? How many of us just build it like that? It was a piece of cake, right? Yeah, okay, less than what used Twitter, so zero hands, I see. All right, so life happens, doesn't it? Bad things happen, hard times come. We are broken people living in a broken world, and when we measure our lives According to a broken world's broken standard, we find that life just can pass us by, and by the time we realize what, what has happened in the past, we've already landed where we are. But most of the time, we don't just end up in, in these lesser situations than we have dreamt of without having played our part in getting there. And this is where that great gift of hindsight, which is often said to be 2020, kicks in. So we look back on the events of our lives and we're filled with regret or disappointment or just dissatisfaction that we didn't end up uh, where we wanted to be, but we are where we are. And it doesn't have to say that everything's bad, but we're just disappointed in things here and there. And for some people, there might be this sense of being stuck in the past and, and uh, again and again and again and again. But when it comes to living in the tenses. I think there's basically three types of people. I mean, this is rocket science here, okay? There's people who live in the past, people who live in the present or live for today, and then people who live for the future, right? So um, anybody who really knows me would, would probably agree that I'm the type of person that lives for the future, okay? I, I always want to see what's next, what's the big picture, like what's the end game here? That's not to say that I don't enjoy today or savor what's happening in my life today or I don't take times and, and learn from the past. 
Um, but for the most part, I'm poised to the next thing. I'm always looking forward to, to what's next, and to a fault, I know. Um, so my message today is going to do that. It's going to start at the end game and work its way back. So in the Bible, at the end, we have the book of Revelation, which is probably the first book in the Bible that I read whenever I was a young kid. I don't know why, um, but, uh, and it was scary. Um, but Revelation 21 and 22, it speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. And I love reading that because it, it gives you the big picture of this is what's to come. This is what's on the other side of, of all this stuff that we live in right now. And it's the kind of place where we want to live someday. So Jesus, he also spoke a lot about the end, that is the life which is to come. And some of his final words to his disciples in John 14, he says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Jesus says in a sermon that he delivered to a great multiple of people, which we call the Sermon on the Mount, it's found in the book of Matthew chapter 6, he, he refers to heaven as being this, this final place where we find the treasures and the rewards from our investments in this life. And later on in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, Jesus is teaching the people through stories or, or parables. And uh, there's three in particular in Matthew 25. And the message of these teachings is, is that heaven is a place that is prepared for us from the beginning of the creation of the world. And furthermore, that those who have been faithful with what they were given were commended by their master, which is where we hear the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. But this morning I want us to look at one passage in particular, and it's where Jesus speaks of the end point and illustrates the journey to get there. And that's our text for today. It's found in the book of Mark, chapter 10, and starting in verse 35. We'll have it on the screen as well. And it says this, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him, him being Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one to your right and the other to your left. Pause. What nerve. Okay, unpause. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Time out again. Wow. <laughs> Time in. Then Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from the bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Of course. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. 
but among you it will be different. And this is the key verse today. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the word of God from Jesus himself. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Now, this morning, I want to illustrate for you a few scenarios in a little bit that I call nerd time with my whiteboard here. Maybe we can do this camera magic so that people in Mission Hall here can see this. Yep. Okay. Um, Let's see here. All right. So I'm going to draw this thing here. This is a starting point. Now, I'm not an artist. I know that I'm that I'm in the arts, but I'm not an artist, so you'll forgive me. Uh, So this is the starting point, okay, of, uh, let's see here, of our lives, okay? So, um, birth, and my handwriting's horrible. And this is where we want to end up, okay? We'll make it a little bit higher than where we started. And uh, here's what our plan is, right? In a, in a utopian world, in a perfect world, it would be this. Okay, that's sort of a straight line, okay? And that's what, our, that's what our plan is. So we start here, and then at the end, we're right here, and there's this nice straight line. Shortest distance from point A to point B. Very good. Um, now, how many of us really live that, right? Reality says that we do this. Uh, yeah. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's kind of reality, right? And I don't mean that to be like, Heaven and hell, okay, you know, that's not what I'm getting at here. Don't read too much into my illustration. Okay, so that's kind of like the way we want it and the way it happens. Well, then um, let's take a look at things from a bigger picture. Okay, zoom out, okay, and look at the universe in front of you. And then let's see what God sees, okay? So here was his his plan. Um, Okay, creation. Um, however you believe that to happen, there it is. Um, and then heaven. That's like a cloud. Okay, and a new earth. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think God, he would have loved it if that would have been the, the plan right there. Straight line, shortest distance from point A to point B. But, you know, we're human. And uh, Garden of Eden, oh, there was this tree, and it had an apple. And here's a stick figure. That's Eve, and she takes the apple, and here's Adam. Um, he eats the apple. And then, uh, fall of man. Okay, now this is like back to the future stuff. 
Okay, I think it's like a parallel universe was created or alternate what um, something about space-time continuum and flux capacitors. Okay, so this happens. So then we say, okay, well, that would be awesome then to still get there. But reality is no way because we can't get back on this track on our own. So this is where we live, the fall of man. But then God's son came and his name was Jesus. That's a horrible cross. Um, And that does not reflect my love for Jesus. That is just a horrible artist. So that happened, and that allowed us to go right to where we needed to go because Jesus is the person, God's own son, that came to make it happen. He served in God's big picture. So this became the ultimate picture here. Even though God would would love for it to happen this way, the reality was we ended up down here He sent his son as a sacrifice so that we could find our way back here. And we have the choice whether to do this or keep going that way and end up away from God. All right, so that is that. Aw. The next thing that I want to do is talk about God's plans and our plans. So I'm going to just draw our lives right here. Now I'm really... I'm going to start our point of origin right here, and then I'm going to make our final point up here, and um, I'll just write God, put a circle around it. That's eternal glory, living with the one who created us. That is the redemption of humanity. That is the end where everything is awesome for eternity, okay? And even though we want it to be like this, a straight line up to there, we know that it's not going to be. All right, but let's call that the goal, and everybody likes to see a chart that starts on the left down here and ends on the right way up here, right? That's the kind of chart that we like to see, so that's what we're going to do, and then just imagine where, how you're drawing your lines on this chart, okay? So how does your life work out? Does it, does it meander? You know, what does it do? And I want to kind of come back to that in a few minutes. So that's the illustration that we're going to start with. So in our talk this morning, let's start with the biblical end in mind. Revelation 21, 22, the final place where everything is awesome from here on to eternity. And when we make that the target, When we make that the final end, the the place that we're shooting towards and working towards, we now have the reason, the privilege, and the strength to love, to give, and to serve just as it did for Jesus. Because when Jesus came and did what he did on the cross, he had this in mind. Otherwise, he would have never chosen to endure what he endured. In fact, that was part of his prayer. Your will be done, God. He knew that God's will was for him to fulfill the work of the cross. So he had this in mind throughout his entire life. And thank God for that, right? So, let's look at this a little bit more. First of all, we have a reason to serve. If our broken lives and our broken world just 
ends someday and we become worm food and there's nothing beyond that, then what's the sense? What's the sense of any of this? For investing ourselves into some future endpoint. But for those of us who believe that God's ultimate plan is this redemption of a fallen society through Jesus Christ, for those of us who believe that, we're going to set our sights right here. And we're going to see that his plan is to renew all brokenness. Brokenness in our lives, brokenness in the people's lives that we care about, people that we don't know, brokenness for all of humanity and for this world that we live in. So the next step after seeing God's big picture is to find our place in this picture. Now, i use a small marker here. I should have got a different color. I would have illustrated better, but I didn't. Um, if, if we were to not see God's plan, we would just do our own thing. Okay? Then who cares about this line right here? Because we don't see God's big picture. But for those of us who choose to believe and want to see God's big picture and be a part of it, because he has called every one of us to do that, then this is the standard right here, this line right here. This is the thing that we need to be in sync with, that we need to continually recalibrate to. So, when you start out and you find yourself wandering, and you stop and pause and say, okay, I need to recalibrate my life. You know how to get back and where to get back to. And then you move forward again. And then maybe you veer off again. But you recalibrate back to this path because this is the path that leads to God. And that path, of course, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. But we have a place in the picture. Not just for our individual lives, but to join in God's quest to restore humanity from the fall, to fix all brokenness in the world. He has called us to join with him in that process. So we are given a reason to serve. So take a look at the picture of your life, where you find yourself and the paths and how they work out. And take a, bless you, and take a picture of God's plan for you but also for the world and see if those two pictures match up and that's step one we can learn from the scriptures that those who follow Christ his church each play a significant part in God's big picture so we need to make sure that our big picture matches up with that so there's a reason to serve we just have to believe and choose to get on board with God's plans and make them our plans too And that's an incredible life to be called to, working for God's service, which brings me to the next point. We are privileged to serve. It is a privilege to be a part of God's ultimate plan. To be a part of his plan from the beginning to the end is almost unthinkable, but it's reality. Sometimes when I think about all that God has called for me to accomplish in my lifetime for him, I had to pinch myself and make sure that I'm not dreaming because 
to have the opportunity to partner with the creator of all things and join him in his work, it's unthinkable. And so it is for all of us. It's not just myself. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says that we are co-workers in God's service. The author Paul here doesn't say that we might be co-workers or that we should be co-workers. He says that we are co-workers in God's service. So whether you're doing a great job in your work or if you're doing a horrible job in that work or if you're just sitting on the sidelines, the fact is that you are a co-worker in God's service if you are following him. So I'm going to ask you today, how's that going so far? In what ways are you working in God's service? How is your life's plan matching up to God's plan for your life? I want to encourage all of us who are co-workers for God's service to, to fix our eyes on what he is doing. And it's not just the end game, but this. This is what he's doing. And we always have to be looking This is what God's doing. This is what he's doing here at this season of my life. And this is what he's doing here in this season of my life. And not just what he's doing here inside of me, but what he's doing around me, what he's doing in the world. And that causes us to not look inward all the time, but to look outside of ourselves, to see the bigger picture, to see that God is doing something. And that if I'm following him, he's saying, come on. Join me in this work and do this with me. And then it's my responsibility to say, okay, I'm joining you. Here I go and get to work. So for those of us who are working for God and who have our eyes fixed on what he's doing, we got to realize that he has equipped us He is equipping us, and he always will continue to equip us until the very end. And that's good news. God is going to sustain you throughout your entire life, throughout your entire ministry. Finally, I want to say that we have the strength to serve. There's natural strength, and there's supernatural empowerment that's available to every one of us in order to serve God's great plan. And let's be sure to recognize this up front, that serving alongside of God is gonna bring you to difficult and dark places. Guarantee you it will. But it makes sense because God's work is to fix all brokenness. And if we're gonna be a part of that, it's gonna happen. We have to go. God doesn't give those who follow him the choice to do otherwise. And we need both natural stamina and supernatural empowerment to endure all the way to the end. No matter how difficult it gets at times, no matter how dark the places that we find ourselves in, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel when you're working with God. His promise in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21 Stuff like that's going to help us endure. I'm going to read it for you today. It says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people 
who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And if you're here today and you've been living this out, serving as one of God's faithful co-workers, enduring the most difficult and darkest of times, I want you to be encouraged today. Find renewal and life in God's promises daily, for his mercies are new every morning, the Bible says. And keep enduring until one day when you hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So I didn't become an astronaut or a teacher or a rock star (laughs) or a police officer or a game warden or business executive. Well, at least not yet. And I haven't completed all that I feel I need to complete to leave the legacy that I feel God has called me to leave behind. Not yet. But preparing for messages like this and being reminded that I need to snap my plan back into sync with God's plan keeps me moving towards that goal. And I pray the same for you today. I pray that during this talk that you've thought about God's plan, that you thought about your plans, and that you're encouraged to snap them back into sync with each other again. And this isn't something that we do every few years or every decade. This is something that we need to continually do over and over and over again. Because if I'm going from here to here and I stray just a wee bit, I'm still going to get there. But if I'm going from here to that wall back there and I stray off course just a little bit, instead of hitting that window, I'm going to hit that window. Because that's like mathematics and stuff, right? Or physics or something, right? Just a slight variation off that trail is going to lead you somewhere where you don't want to be or don't intend to be. And what do you do if you get off track? Those of us who fly on commercial airplanes or your own airplanes, we know that if we leave here and want to end up here, this is the course that we had plotted But if we move around a storm that happens or something, and we keep going that trajectory, we're going to end up way off. We have to recalibrate, replot a course to that final destination. And that happens all throughout a flight. The longer the flight, the more it happens. The longer our lives, the more that has to happen too. Continually recalibrating our path to match up with what God has for us. So how do we measure our lives, whether we are truly successful or not? What metrics do you choose to measure your life with? I hope that in our short time together that you, were learn- that you learned or were reminded of some eternal metrics that you can apply to your life. Did you become what you set out to become? Are you accomplishing what's been entrusted to you? And are you on the right path to doing so?
If not, or if you've wandered even a little bit, how do you get back on track? How do you get your life, your path, your situation back in sync with what God has? Can I make a suggestion? That is reach out. Reach out. Reach out to a loving God who's already reaching out to you, who is constantly reaching out to you, saying, here I am. Here's my plan. Let's get back on track. Let's keep moving forward. And that's what we've been talking about this month, the reach. Reaching out to God when we are weak, reaching out to others when we are strong and working in his strength, and doing that by loving, by giving, and by serving. As the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, I do not count myself to have attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we have a model and a demonstration to the highest caliber of what it means to live and die selflessly, reaching out to God and to others by our loving, by our giving, and by our serving. And that is in Jesus Christ, God's Son. Mark chapter 10, our key verse from today. Jesus says, For even the Son came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for the many. Jesus served in God's great plan by reaching his arms out on the cross so that you would have the reason, the privilege, and the strength to serve in God's great plan. But before you serve in God's great plan, you have to serve God. So if you're not following God today, I want to implore you to embrace Jesus Christ. And that begins with a single step. That is by accepting the work of the cross, giving up control to your plans, and trading them for Jesus' plans, for God's plans for your life, by inviting him into the process and giving him control by surrender. And asking God to now direct your paths. And once you make that decision or return back to that decision, then you embrace the reason. Then you embrace the privilege and the strength to serve God as we heard about today. I want to give you a moment to think about that and reflect on that as we pray. So would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, thank you for reaching out to us continually and for your son Jesus who reached his arms out on the cross so that we could be a part of your great plan. For those here today who want to begin following you, hear our prayers. For those here today that want to embrace your plan and be in your service, hear our prayers. Help us to love 
Help us to give. Help us to serve by our words and our deeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the great thing about being a part of a local church is that there are so many opportunities to reach out in loving, to reach out in giving, and to reach out in serving. So rather than singing a song today and concluding our time with that, I want to give you some practical uh, things to consider. If this is something this morning that, that has got you thinking, yes, I, I need to, to give more of my time, I need to serve more and be a part of God's plan, there are so many ways you could do that. It doesn't just have to be what we do at Riverside Community Church. But I do want to let you in on a few things. In your bulletins, it was mentioned earlier, that you have a little slip of paper that says, Shaped for Serving God. I want to draw your attention to that and just give you a few moments. You can even start filling that out right now if you want. It would be great while, while you're thinking about this and while you're inclined to do so to go ahead and fill that out and not wait. And just check on where it says talents, I guess. And then the back side of it just kind of asks what kind of time commitment you can make or your availability. And then it gives you some ministry choices, some overarching ministries or teams that we have here at the church that you could kind of pick your top two areas there. And it's, it's not committing to anything, it's, it's exploring. So when you fill this out, you're saying, I want to explore getting involved more. And somebody from one of these ministries is going to contact you uh, very soon and help you through that process and see if there's something that we can fit you to. And I think that there is. So that's, that's one thing, and feel free to fill that out as I'm talking. Um, another thing that I want to draw your attention to is Serve the Berg. That's happening um, in May. So in your bulletins, there's an announcement on page two, the middle page here, and it says Serve the Berg, and it gives you the dates. But uh, also in there, it says, the last line of that paragraph says, you can preview the projects by visiting the digital listing at riversideconnect.org slash serve the Berg. So you can jump on your computer and you can go there. Or if you have our app, um, where did I hide that? Here it is. If you have our app, uh, it's on there too, okay? You can click on the serve the Berg tab at the bottom. And then uh, there's a couple things in there. Um, the video that I start in will be in there too. So that'll be fun. Um, but the first choice is Serve the Berg 2015 Digital Catalog, and when you click on that, that's going to give you a list of our projects. Now, this isn't final, but it's to get you thinking, because next week, next Sunday, we begin our sign-up process. And uh, we'll give you plenty of instructions in the, over the next couple weeks on how to get involved in this day of service. But we don't believe in just serving God one Sunday a year. But our dream is that one Sunday a year that we would come together as the church and forget about what's happening inside these walls and take our faith outside of the walls of this church to the communities around us. And we have about 40 projects this year for you to choose from and get involved in. They could happen on Saturday and or Sunday. And uh, like I said in the video, you don't have to attend the church here. So if you've got friends or family that you want to invite to participate in a project with you, I encourage you to do that. Our goal this year, last year, we had 400 people 
serving in 30 projects in 10 different communities. This year, our goal is that 500 or more people from our church and beyond would serve in 40 projects in over 10 communities. And right now, we have about 40 projects in over 10 communities, and we are asking, please, 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 that you would get involved and join us that one weekend a year and do something amazing for God's glory. But it goes beyond just one weekend a year. This sermon isn't about trying to make 500 people come together and do a project. The sermon today is about a lifetime of loving, giving, and very particularly today, serving in God's great plan. So what I want to leave you with this morning is a reading from the book of Jude. Before I do that, I want to say, if you began a relationship with Christ today, or you're that close to it, I'd love to talk to you after, afterwards, after we leave this morning. And I want to give you a gift here. We have two different books that will help you in that process, that will get you off this line right here and help those first steps towards living for God's big plan. One of those books is called He Did This Just For You. It's by Max Lucado. It's obviously very thin and easy read, but it's excellent. And then another book is called First Steps, and that's going to help you um, in your first 30 days or so, uh, starting a relationship with Christ and following God's great plan. So can we stand together today? If you filled out this slip of paper, at the doorways, you'll see greeters and ushers, and you may hand that to them on your way out, and we will contact you. And if you weren't able to fill that out today, please bring it back with you next week, drop it off at the office sometimes, sometime, or Snap a picture of it and email it to uh, our office or something like that, and we'll get it from you, okay? So, Jude, verses 24 and 25 says this, Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.